Welcome to The Ethics Experts, where we're elevating ethics and compliance, and HR, to the strategic level it's supposed to be. All righty. So welcome to today's episode of The Ethics Experts. Uh, it's me here, Bria, and we have David here today. Hi there. All righty. So today we have Ron Skillins today. Welcome, Ron. How are you? Hello. Great. How are you all? <laughs> great, great. Um, Alrighty, so we have Ron here. He is the, well, Ron, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and who you are and what you do? Sure, sure. I'm the Senior Vice President of Enterprise Risk Management and the Chief Compliance Officer at a health system in Fort Worth called JPS Health Network. And in my role, I'm responsible for um, compliance, of course, as well as enterprise risk management and um, internal audit. Uh, and so I have a team of about 15 people uh, at JPS and we do uh, a variety of things. I've I had over a 25 year career and I've kind of been in compliance in over the last 12 to 15 years with my prior time uh, serving in um, management consulting and public accounting um, roles uh, in the past. Okay, okay. Um, so tell us a little bit about how you got into compliance. Sure. It's uh, well, I, I tell everybody when I, they ask me this question, it's a non-traditional route uh, that I went into compliance. So I, as I said, I'm, I start with a finance accounting background. So I graduated with an accounting degree, um, worked for a firm, Arthur Anderson, which no longer exists. And for folks that are my age or older know that uh, the reason why it no longer exists is because of fraud and scandal. Uh, and so when that happened, uh, the, the firm was indicted by the Department of Justice for fraud and was went out of business. And ironically, I got into compliance after that point because with the firm, with the demise of Anderson, uh, my entree into compliance was ushered in by the whole uh, slew of regulations by the government, namely Sarbanes-Oxley, which regulates all public companies. And so I did a lot of public company compliance work and then moved into healthcare compliance after that. But, um, you know, it's a, it's, it's an ironic twist of fate, but you know, for the things, you know, I really didn't initially plan to be in compliance, but, uh, but I will say, honestly speaking, and it may sound strange to some people, but I, this is, I enjoyed what I do now much more than what I was doing before in the, in the finance space for sure. Right. Right. Yeah. And you know, we touched on something cause you've been in this space for quite a while. Um, how do you think it's changed from back then, uh, after the Enron and WorldCom and all those Sarbanes-Oxley initiations, to uh, where compliance is today? Well, you know, I I think that in the early days of compliance, because I when I use compliance as as a term, it's a it's a relatively new profession uh, that's spurred on by regulation. So in the early days of regulation, the pendulum was way on the side of regulatory mandates. And so Sarbanes-Oxley and other uh, laws like that uh, required companies to comply. So there was no middle ground. And so advisors, consultants, and, and what have you was helping organizations comply. And uh, it was unreasonable. It was very cost intensive and burdensome. I think now compliance is just, is just a part of doing business. And uh, it's less about compliance and more about how to use compliance as competitive advantage and also um, how to leverage compliance to look around the corner in the future and be more forward-looking than retrospective. 
Yeah, got it. And so we talked a little bit, uh, maybe we can elaborate on, uh, you know, how do you manage, because it's tricky to, to you know, access and, and source vendors to support you. Um, you know, what are some of the best practices that you utilize or think of when managing your vendors? Well, it's a, it's a complicated topic. And, you know, in thinking about the vendors that my division manages, we have about nine or 10 vendors that we manage uh, in various forms and fashions across my three divisions. And I would say the, the number one thing in terms of vendor management would be understanding expectations. Uh, I know in most cases there's a contract involved, but beyond the contract, understanding what service levels are, are going to be agreed to, if there are issues, which there always are issues, how are those going to get resolved uh, and so forth. And so having, uh, whether it's in the contract or not, having some sort of service level agreement, I found to be a, a good practice. Um, secondly, um, and I, this is a recurring theme for me because I'm very relationship driven in terms of um, business. And that is having a relationship with the, the vendors because many times, if in my experience, if they're, if they're software vendors, and half of my vendors are software vendors. They'll they'll have an account. It's very impersonal. Uh, it's it's in the cloud, and you might have an account manager that you just call if there's problems. But uh, if it's going to be a key piece of software that we're using as a part of our program, I want to get to know not only the account manager but the person who's responsible overall for um, our account uh, as well, and uh, understand uh, who they are and they let them know who I am so I can call them directly. Um, and then the last thing I would say is. Um, if, if vendors, cause we've had some bad experiences with vendors uh, that just didn't work out. We didn't know them initially. And so we had, uh, some proof of concept, small projects, in other words, projects that we tested them out. If that made sense, uh, whether it be consultants or others to see if we are aligned in terms of people and how they do business. Got it. So how do you, I mean, you talked a lot about, the relationship is, is key for the success of, of a lot of vendors. To your point, it doesn't sound like that's inherent to vendors in general. Um, you know, our CEO talks about it all the time, and that's how this whole topic came up is that, you know, we have vendors here at Compliance Line, and, you know, it's challenging to do exactly that. We feel, you know, relationships are key to the success of any um, you know, project, especially uh, an integrated software kind of solution. So, um, you know, how do you work with them? Kind of knowing knowing their status quo is not typically up to, to what your expectations are. Yeah, you know, that's a good question. I, I um, you know, with the like I said, the impersonal nature of relationships these days, not just vendors, but but otherwise, I think it's incumbent upon the client, in, which is the shoes that I'm standing in now, to make an effort to, to build that relationship. It, it, I hate to say in the old days when I was a consultant on the other side of the table and a vendor, uh, that was just a part of how we did business. We got to know the client first, understood their business, understood their needs, and then we're better, better able to serve them and therefore exceed their expectations over time. Um, I don't see as much of that anymore as, as I used to. And so, um, so one of the things I really focus on is, is, is that relationship. And so a couple of things that I do in that regard is, as I said, get the account person on the phone so they can understand what our initiatives are, how we're going to use their solution or use their consultants. And then number two, um, make sure that how they do business is aligned. So for example, 
we've used consultants in the past where they did a good job and they were technically competent, but how they went about their work and interacting with our people in the organization uh, was not, um, how to say it was not optimal because we had, I got a lot of calls from people saying I didn't have a good interaction with these people and mm-hmm. I'd, I'd like not to work with them. And so um, that's the main reason I would really stress ensuring that how they do business is, is consistent with your organization. So for, uh, to kind of add to that or kind of bow, put a bow on that, um, if they are being, I guess, their bedside manner, if you will, it's all about making sure that they show their empathy and that they care about you besides the fact of the software's plugged in and it's playing. It's right. that ability to really understand, okay, it may be working from our perspective, but where are those hangups and how can we help our client figure out what those are and how we can get over them? Does that sound right? Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's being able to be flexible. Uh, and I understand it's for certain solutions, you, you serve certain vendors serve a large volume of clients and you, and standardization is key for that. But being able to, to within reason be flexible to changing business dynamics, I think is important. Great. Yeah. So what advice would you give somebody that's, that's new into compliance? That's going to be owning um, this space or, to your point, segments of the compliance space it is pretty unique in different areas of the organizations and across different organizations. But in general, what advice would you give someone that's, you know, in HR, maybe going into compliance or in a similar space thinking of going in there? Um, you know, what are some things to, to think about the, you know, the positives of your role um, and maybe some of the challenges you've experienced that you didn't expect? Oh, sure. Sure. I mean, I'll start off by saying that anybody who is moves into a compliance role or broadly speaking, a governance role, I have a lot of respect for them because it's, it's not easy. It's very rewarding, as I mentioned earlier, uh, but it's not easy. Uh, and um, the, the keys, I believe, to success is, again, being relationship driven and not a police, not being a police activity, because oftentimes people view compliance like the IRS. You know, it's a necessary evil I'm going to be audited or my people are going to look at my stuff and they're going to have findings. And some, some people in compliance really get charged up by, you know, beating on people with findings. And so obviously we you can't sugarcoat what we find, but, but there is the message is as important uh, as, uh, as, you know, the, the content. And so how you deliver the message is as important as the content. So that's number one. Number two is I would say, you know, that the, a large part of, of success and compliance is understanding the business and being a business partner. Yes, we have to be independent and objective in what we do, but understanding the initiatives, the strategic plan, where the organization is going, how compliance can be beneficial in that. Uh, as I, uh, in healthcare that I'm in, you know, we, we do a lot of merger and acquisition activity. And so, you know, when you have, when you're acquiring hospitals or organizations that are not part of the legacy organization, how, what's compliance challenges does that raise and how can we proactively identify those as a compliance professional and leader to help um, smooth out the M&A process? Uh, so that's number two. And then lastly, I would say, and this is uh, kind of goes in hand in hand with some of the values of my current organization. There's, there's some, some personality traits that I think would be extremely helpful in it. And those are summarized into three short statements. One, uh, and it goes to our core values of own it, which is speaks to accountability. Uh, don't, don't shirk off responsibility to other people. 
The other one is seeking joy. Don't find something that you like about what you do. If you don't like what you do, and if, it, if it's not for you, then it, you, know, you should find something else. And so find something. We spend so much time at work. Find something that you, that you can find enjoyable about what you do. And then, uh, and this is a term that we use at my organization, don't be a jerk. Uh, oftentimes, as I said, you know, people in compliance like to beat on people for findings, but you know, that, that really is a short term strategy. And so ultimately it's, it's all about relationships. Uh, and so with my people, I've, I really stress that aspect and, um, and, uh, we go through some exercises and tools around that as well. Great. Uh, and yeah, if, if you have any of those for any of our listeners, we will attach any, uh, supporting documentations to this podcast so that you'll have those uh, available as well. That would be that'd be great. Thanks, Rod. Um, so another, one thing I wanted to touch on from our earlier conversation is uh, you had an interesting, uh, you know, dialogue. We had an interesting dialogue around um, compliance really being at the core of conflict in a very frequent basis and how you deal with that. Can you speak to that again? That was very interesting. Yes. Um, well, I mean, I, <laughs> I hate to say it this way, but I think um, by its nature, you know, when you think about what compliance and governance is, it's, you know, we, we help the organization, one, comply with laws and regulations, two, comply with policies and procedures, and three, um, stay within the boundaries of, of ethical, uh, the ethical values of the organization in terms of, of its ethics. And so when you're in a position like that, uh, you're going you're gonna to reach conflict because you're going to have findings in any of those three areas that are going to be critical findings um, or critical um, feedback to those in the organization. And so I would say that having, being able to have crucial conversations with people, and when I say crucial conversations, it's one being straight and not sugarcoating, you know, bad news because it doesn't age like wine. Uh, but two, being able to 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 be a real person, uh, not be the police, as I said, but 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 under, if you understand that person and you've developed the relationship as I as I've gone back to, they know that you're not trying to get them, but at the same time you have a job, and um, and so being able to have a crucial conversation with people, uh, I think, is a very important skill set for a compliance professional. Yeah. So your point, own it, uh, find your joy, and don't be a jerk, mm-hmm. right? I love it. <laughs> I love it, for sure. All yeah. righty, Ron. Well, this was great, Ron. We really thank you for your time. You. Um, and, yeah, well, thank you so much for, for your time today, Ron. No, absolutely. I enjoyed it. And as I said, I'll, I'll uh, send you over some tools that for your listeners uh, uh, to the podcast. But I enjoyed it. Thank you, guys.